hey, we got something new. Yeah, do you guys want to do this now? I just brought it up while you're yeah, yeah, yeah. Bring it okay. up. <clears throat> uh Eric from Gen Z Renovate. Uh Eric's a good guy. I like to exchange messages with him. So let's see what he has to say. I have not listened to this one. As you can see, zero plays. So, so this we'll could see. be super fucked up. Uh it could be, absolutely. It could be. I just have to change something. This is here. exciting. Let's do a countdown and a drum roll. <laughs> there. Play Where's it. your sand sound? How's it going? Mike Paper King Landscape Daddy. My name is Eric, new hardscape maintenance business owner from Gen Z Reno. Just want to ask you guys a funny question out here. Is COVID, we all know the landscaping and hardscaping industry in Ontario has spiked quite a bit and tons of new contractors came out. I actually work with a lot of Chinese landscapers and hardscapers and they're charging super, super cheap for laying pavers and doing anything landscaping related. I have definitely worked with price at 13, 14, $15 installing where's that at four to five dollar per square feet this is super uh good thing we played yeah. it today we should have uh, started off with this yeah, yeah. no it's been great how are you guys dealing with all these competition right now because i know you guys are definitely priced way higher and uh how are you guys finding out with closing the jobs is the client look at the price and be like Oh, you're doubling what the Chinese contractor are. And uh, how do you guys deal with it? And how do you guys close job with uh, these type of client having the mindset of these things should cost like nothing to install and when your price is way higher? I think this question is probably more for Paper King because he do work in the Durham region. And uh, yeah, that's my question. I love your show and uh, have a nice day, guys. Thank you, Eric. That actually fits in perfect episode. It does fit in perfectly with this episode. I was going to say, Chad, what's the Chinese contractor problems like in Cornwall? Well, we both know that I'm partial to Chinese equipment, having six Chinese excavators over my career. Um, so I can appreciate a good deal when it comes along. Right. Um, but fortunately, I think that we've had enough years under our belt to elevate us over those type of of clients that are really looking for that deal right like we don't generally we don't take phone calls out of like just random phone calls to say we're looking for a landscape estimate or something like that right like we have uh referral based business and commercial based business that um i guess clients sort of know what to expect from us so that they're not shocked whenever we're um 40 percent higher than the next guy because there was no other guy quoting or there was only the other top tier guys quoting so they never even saw the four or five dollar square foot price whenever they're here with the 35 40 50 square foot price right so i don't think for me the the clients that are calling those contractors like the i mean the, the chinese contractors because durham region does have this year does have a lot more um chinese contractors uh than say last three or four years um so traditionally those clients wouldn't have been clients that were calling me because most of the most of the projects that those contracts are do contractors are doing are not complex contracts they're walkways they're um driveways they're you know and i think that if you want to do battle with them then you have to be prepared to go to great lengths to explain the difference between what you're doing and they're doing right i have gone to like obviously we all start somewhere and we don't all start off with people calling us because we're considered to be very good contractors in the area. So, you know, when I first started, I spent a lot more time at kitchen tables explaining to people that we were going to excavate it and put a geotextile in to encapsulate the excavation. We're going to fill it with three-quarter clear. 
explain why you want three quarter clear, the volume of water that can sit there, the freeze thaw, that like all those stuff that you you would arm yourself with knowledge that they might not be able to communicate or don't have. Like when Gator Base first, or Synthetic Base, whatever base, first came out, I just sold it for like almost every job we did because it was hard. It was just a, I'd be like, oh, they didn't bring this synthetic base up with you. And they'd be like, no. And I'm like, well, I'm not saying they're not a good contractor, but I don't know how educated they are. (laughs) They're probably a great contractor, you know, but like they should really, you know, maybe when you call them back, you could teach them about this synthetic base and why it's good. Cause I'll show you why it's good. And I just, had so it's the same with like when Paul Merrick, you guys probably don't remember this, but when Paul Merrick Sand first came out, like yeah. I remember doing residential jobs when there wasn't Paul Merrick Sand. Yep. So, like, and and then there would be a bunch of contractors going around not installing Paul Merrick Sand, and you would be like, Paul Merrick Sand's expensive compared to brick sand. So, you would have to explain why someone would want Paul Merrick Sand, and I'd be like, well, you get a beautiful haze. If it if it is near a gutter, it washes out. If leaves fall on it, it may not harden. If it rains within seventy nine hours, it may not harden. Um, you know, if you spread it too far, it may not harden. If you don't spread it far enough, it may not harden. If you don't compact it enough, it may not. Like I would explain to them all those things and why they would want that product, and they would be like, "Fuck yeah, that seems like a really simple product to use. Sign me the fuck up." You know, if you put too much water, not enough water, if you don't water in the right direction, 30 seconds, is, like it just, I would sell them all that. Anyways, that's off track. I'm just going on a Palmer sand. <laughs> but I just, we used to spend a lot of time and now maybe that's what we have to do again. You know, like the, for this job we're talking about, like we're sending an 11 page contract to this people. And for some people, like if someone else was going to do this, like significantly cheaper, some people would say these people have an 11 page contract. They have a legit website. They have an Instagram account that's not verified because meta fucking sucks. But like that stuff, I think all those things you do, like building a website, it makes you seem more legit and you can create more value with your service. That would be my, because you're not going to like win on price. So why? And if someone, if you need $20 a square foot to make money and everyone else is selling it at 15, then you can't go do it for 15. It's not sustainable. Right. So I don't know. I, I just was better educated and spent more time and sometimes spending more time with someone. Like if, if someone comes to the door and they're there for eight minutes and they go, yeah, it's 8,000 and walk away. If you spend two hours with them and tell them it's 16,000, you might be more likely to get like, you know, when times were tough before, I spent a lot of time looking at sales cycles, reading sales books, learning different closes, soft closes, trying to get insider knowledge on people by, you know, like I would go in and look at all the shoes on the, like when they open the door, look at all the shoes and see if they had kids and how old their kids were by the shoes and I would look at the front door and if it was a brand new front door, you know, they're already doing renovations. So that's someone that you want to spend extra time with. Like I just, there's a whole bunch of things you learn along the way. You just, I, part of it is you just have to do it. You know, yeah. you have to get out there and you have to go see people. And if you really, really want a job, don't fucking email the quote, make a meeting and go back and close that person right at the fucking table. Like if you're this, the whole pandemic brought in a lot, like, I had never really emailed quotes. I mean, maybe if they were like a job like this for 100, 120 square feet, I might email it back. But traditionally, Nancy and I would get, go have a, a meeting. She would do a drawing. We would get the drawing approved. Then we would go back and we would do a sales meeting where we would read the contract line by line and read everything we were doing with the people. And then we would close them right there at the table, face to face. So if they're they're kicking me out of their fucking house... They're kicking me personally out of their house before they sign, as opposed to just closing the email and never getting back to me. So maybe that's a way to do it too. Because I'm going to guess that most of those contractors that 
You said his, his name's Eric, right? Yep. There, see, look, I remembered that. Fuck, I'm good tonight. Uh, you know, I'm going to guess that most of those contractors that Eric's competing with they don't have the same ability just to speak to the client that way. Right. So you take advantage of the of what you do have would be my advice. If you if you're dealing with clients that mostly speak English and perhaps those contractors don't have the same fluent mastery of the language that you do, maybe that's your advantage going in mm. to build confidence in your product. So anyways, what would you do, Mike? Is there a big problem in Kitchener? Uh, not really that I've experienced with that. Um, but just going off of like what you were saying there, it sounds like building the brand of your business really helps you sell, right? And that just comes with time and experience. But be before then, it's it's all about like knowledge and being able to explain to the client why your price is your price and the quality that you're going to put into it. But um, I really focused on two years ago, I started my YouTube channel because I wanted to build my brand further. And um, so I was deciding on, do I go big on Instagram or do I go big on YouTube? And I chose YouTube um, just for various reasons. And that was just another thing to help build my brand a little bit more so that I could send videos to clients to show them what I do if they if it came down to it, because I figured it's not if it's when a downturn in the economy comes and coming out of COVID, I, I guess and I guess uh, that it's going to be a little bit worse than normal. And uh, we'll see how that continues. But that was my game plan two years ago, and it's helped so far going into this uh, apparent downturn if we're going through a downturn and however long it's going to be. But it was, it's just another thing to continue to build my brand a little bit more. So when you're sending those videos, are you sent like, I so I follow the How to Hardscape YouTube channel. Do you have a Ever After Landscape? YouTube no. channel or are you sharing your how to hardscape YouTube channel with your clients? So we got the how to hardscape YouTube channel, which just it just reposts the podcast episodes in video format. And then we got the I am a hardscaper YouTube channel. Oh, okay, I see. Yes. Yeah. So I I purposely went with the I'm a hardscaper because I didn't want a lot of people to reach out to me. I wanted it to be difficult for them to find me. So I'll wear typically like an ever after landscaping hat. So for people to find me, they really want to find me right they really have to do but the work do you send those me. videos with a quote no uh people to the to the channel saying hey here's your quote here's a link to the channel that's going to yeah. explain everything that i'm going to do at your house yeah exactly that's what i've been doing good this idea year. Yeah, so uh idea. i just i'm working on a backyard retaining wall project right now and it's two-tiered and i have a two-tier retaining wall video that does a breakdown step-by-step -step of how to build it so i just sent it with the quote and that uh really helped the guy to make the decision. He even told me that he uh, really enjoyed the video and it's one of the main reasons why he went with me. So when, one of the things I do with quotes is because we email, like we email them to is every product that I'm using, I put the link to it on the internet underneath the product and the quote. So like if for this quote here where it says perma edge two pails, I go to the perma edge website it says perma edge there's a, a spot in it that says why it's better edging and more effective and there and then there's another spot in it where it, not just joking i'm gonna say that but <laughs> prove how effective it is with it's against the chain uh anyway <laughs> i i go to the perma edge website and i i take that link and i put it underneath where it says perma edge edging used as needed in the quote i go to the geotextile that we use and i use that as well i put that link to that so people can look it up and then they can see what it is and why we're using it and like because the manufacturers a lot of them have really great descriptions of what their products are and why you want to use them i also do the same thing and i either link the 
Uh, so just a shout out here to the How to Hardscape headquarters software. You can do that and just set that up automatically. So when you add those materials, they're already hyperlinked in the proposal when you send it to the client. And um, so what I've been trying to do over the past few years with everything online is to also have my own articles. So I'll link like woven versus non-woven because we have an article on How to Hardscape for that. So I'll link... Uh, that in my proposals for the fabric, when that goes out, we've also got a gator bait or a synthetic base article. So I'll link that as well. Uh, so I try to leverage everything that I'm doing. Um, all my business kind of, all my businesses kind of, uh, work together and it's kind of on purpose that I've done that. So, uh, that's kind of my mindset on branding at least. What if someone... Do you think someone could still effectively, like Eric, use your videos from how to from I am a hardscaper, even though he's not the one in them? I still think he could effectively use them as a young contractor and send them to people and say, This is how I'm gonna build it, because this is how the expert builds it. Absolutely. Yeah. And that gets me more views. So that'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you I think that's a great way to I think that's smart to do that. It's always best to do it yourself eventually though, right? When you have the uh, ability and the resources to, because the client will see your face. Yeah. But if you're someone starting out, there's a lot of resources there. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's So like we sort of fell into this whole thing where like, I'm not a people person at all. Really? I don't get that impression from you uh just told me you were chatting at the gym with guys yeah because there's 10 people or 15 people that go to the gym every day for the past i don't know 15 years or whatever right so i mean yeah you're gonna say hi or whatever right but um i would but i see why you do like (laughs) (laughs) so we built all these relationships with other contractors and generals and civils and uh, carpenters and all this shit and these guys are the ones who are giving out our name to homeowners and shit right and the best way to get a job is not from someone calling you out of the fucking phone book or picking up your card and putting you up against four other people but a lot of the times clients will ask someone who's already working there if they know anybody who can do this for them and stuff, right? So the more connections you're making with these other trades through any avenue, right? Like show up on their job and bring them a coffee or whatever. Or say uh, like today, the deck guys were dismantling a deck on the job that we were on. And I've never met the guys before. Probably will never work with them again in my life just because well, they're, they're deck people. So right yeah, there, they're, I understand. They're, the they're deck people, making. but they're not in our market or anything like that. Right. Yeah, but they're also deck people. Like, Anyway, you're better than that, Chad. You're honestly just better than that. I'm not all that good of a person, but uh, first thing I said, you're still better than deck people. (laughs) First thing I said, hey guys, uh, hope we're not stepping on your toes today. If you guys need a hand with anything, let us know. We got a skid here, we got a a shovel. Uh, we can help you take down the deck if you want or something. We have right? a tilt rotator and I'd love rotator. to make some videos of me spinning deck boards around. So call <laughs> me over here because I want to use my tilt rotator. No, because there's no fucking cell phone reception on the job site. So I can't oh. make videos of anything. Um, but just by like the more people you know, somehow the work will come back around, right? Like just introduce yourself to all sorts of different contractors and tell them who you are and tell them what you're trying to do. And before long, like you don't have to put your price up against five other guys. You're you'll put it up against one or two other guys because uh, someone else's recommendation was good enough. I think anyway, like we used to do, like I used to have a fucking pamphlet that I'd hand out to clients, right? Like before this whole YouTube thing kicked off and all this other stuff, like I would hand them a fucking trifold pamphlet that i made on vista print or something like that and Does i still have one i uh, yeah, i was trying to find it earlier i'm sure we do i'm uh oh might have hit the mother load uh what's that no those are business cards oh yeah i'll mail you guys one you see <laughs> there's this one you see that 
Oh yeah. Oh. Oh, 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 come back. It's got to be in front of your face. Put it in dead center. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Dead center. Oh, nice. I like that. It's nice. Yeah, that's yeah, actually so classy. It looks clean. The white yeah, is yeah, nice and clean. Testimonials and everything in here. Like, wow. uh, it's not going to show up. But anyway, like our little logo, a couple places. I stuck the, I didn't say it. I stuck the ICPI logo and shit. Nice. And, and CMA. Did you, I don't take even the, think did you take the ICPI? Yeah, yeah, I took it. Oh, it's nice. not like I didn't pass the course or anything. Um, there was two pamphlets that we did. Why do we have two? A crash course in hardscape installation. So I made this fucking pamphlet and gave it to all our clients. I like that. There's a geogrid in here and stuff. And this was before anybody was doing like permeable or open graded. So the, the information might be a bit dated, but yeah. That's sick though. Yeah, it was all right. A crash course in hardscaping. I like that. That's a great, that's yeah. a, a good. And so like that helped out at the beginning whenever we had nothing to differentiate us from every single other person, right? So just those little things. Like you always had you always had the cool logo though. Yeah, thanks mom. My mom designed that. But uh, yeah, that's... um. Branding goes a long way, like you guys said. So that's it. That's all I got. There's some more value in this. There's some more value. I feel like this episode is packed with way too much value. (laughs) (laughs) Here's so here's a tidbit from one of my which one's this? The crash course in hardscape installation. And this is like I stood behind this fact, like to the you death di- of you, me at the time. As I say, you died on this hill. I died. If your contractor can unload his plate packer without the use of machinery, that plate packer is too small for the initial lift compaction of an interlocking brick project. Ooh. And I still think this. If someone's dragging out this fucking, the little 18-inch yellow Weber packer, and that's all they're using on their job, get them the fuck off the job. I don't what care if, if they're it's... What if they're only only using it to settle in three-quarter stone that you don't actually need to compact. So that's why this whole thing is sort of irrelevant because this was before an open graded okay, yeah. base. So you're talking if that big, th- right? yeah, like, I totally but, agree with you if you're doing a gravel and stuff, hundred percent. Even still, like if I'm like unless you're gonna use a jumping jack to compact the native before you put down your fabric and all this shit, yeah. still think you want a big fucking packer to hammer that native soil down like i think you're doing permeable you don't want to pack the native soil no so when it's, you want the pores you want, to be open and accepting of you the want water. a scarified native soil scarify i like that word nice. that's that's a guy who took the ncma yeah. course right there yeah. he yeah. did you know that before you, that word before you took the course yeah because you do it to tree holes right you're supposed yeah, to scarify scar- the, yeah, the scarify bottom of the tree hole. hole yeah that's true Totally agree with you. Gotta scarify the transferable bottom. vocabulary. I had an interesting topic I wanted to talk about. Now I forgot what it is. Fuck. There was something I wanted to talk about with you guys to say. Now I don't remember. Oh well. Oh well. Such is life. Wow. This is nostalgic. I'm going to put these up. I've got my old business cards somewhere here. Oh, that was the find. story I was going to tell. Business okay. card story. Yeah. The so I was fancy Nancy Green is doing a very large garden renovation project with her her planting contractor, who's a fellow who only only specializes in planting. That's all he does. And so Nancy does a lot of projects with them. And so this is such a large project that they had they had ordered three bins for it, two 14 yard bins and a tent. And when I showed up with the first bin on the first day, the contractor was there and I had never met him before. And so he came over and he's shaking my hand. He's like, it's great to meet you. And he's like, here's your, here's my business card. And I was like, oh, thanks man for the, you know, just invoice to the card, which is great when someone showed you how to invoice them. I was like, perfect. That's amazing. And he goes, can I get your business card? I was like, yeah, I don't have business cards. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> and, the, and then he said to me, 
wow, man, it must be great to be so big time that you don't have business cards. And I'm like, eh, I think it might be a mistake that I don't. <laughs> and I actually do have a bunch of business cards, but I just don't carry them on me. Like, I think Drake has business cards in his truck. Christy has business cards in her truck. Cody has business cards in her truck. Darian has been, everyone has business cards except for me. And I'm the only one that, like, I should have, I should be the priority to have them. Do but they yeah, all have individualized business cards? No, they all have mine. That all they can give out to people. Yeah, they yeah. all have mine. Kelly has individualized business cards in case she meets, like, if she's at an event or she's doing something. I, I think hmm. I should probably start carrying them again. I used to have this, like, really cool leather pouch that I put them in. I still have it somewhere, probably. Some people put receipts in a leather pouch. <laughs> <laughs> the pouch system is great, man. Yeah, pouch I gotta get punch, it. I, once I, you pouch, you'll never unpouch. You're right. I opened the glove compartment today, and fucking receipts came flying out loose. You're like, <laughs> if only I had a pouch. If only I had a pouch. Yeah, you yeah. would have been. You would have been saved. Yeah, but now people put their QR code on the side of their trucks. Yeah. Did you guys do that? that? No. I do that in the back of my business card. Do you have a QR code? Yeah. So this. Nice. So does that lead you to your website? Yeah, but this is the how to hardscape one. Okay. Yeah. But it still leads you to your web to the website. Yeah, exactly. I have a friend who may or not have been may or may not have been on this podcast. Who has a lot of bins. And he says to me things like, I don't understand why people don't. That's a nice business card. Just clean and simple. Yeah, it's really nice. But there's no QR code on the back. No, not on this one. This is an old one. I like that, though. It's a nice card. And he'll say things to me like, I don't understand why people never call to complain about your bins and complain about this and complain about that. And I said, because I don't have a fucking QR code on the side of them that leads me to the complaint department. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even have my fucking name on them. They're just random black steel bins lying all over fucking Durham region. Wow. This week, because every week, Cody and I will at some point be in the yard together and I'll be like, do you know where all the bins are? You should be like, I don't know. Like, fuck. And then we'll have this like weird meeting where the two of us are like yeah, there's a bin here and a bin there and a bin here and a bin there and we ha had we thought we had all the bins counted for like this this bin had been out for like a week and then it was actually at uh darian's parents house they had a bin that he had taken down there that like because i didn't take it and cody didn't take it we had kind of forgotten it existed and <laughs> he called me and was like yeah, my parents' business ready. And I'm like, holy shit, maybe that's the missing one. Because we kept counting. And we'd be like, yeah, there's 10 bins. Yeah, we got to 10. I'm like, I think we only got to nine. No, no, we got to 10. It's all good. I'm like, we literally lost a fucking bin. <laughs> because neither of us have been one that dropped it off. <laughs> trying yeah. to count these. And then I said, said to Cody, we need to start a shared note. And every time we put a bin down, put it in the shared note that this is where the bin is or whatever, and then delete them out of the shared note together so we could keep track of where the bins are. I feel like that's a fun job, going around, dropping things off, picking them up. The bins? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I like it. I do like it. I I, I, I do like being, like, driving. Like, a with a partner, that's, you get this one, I'll get this one, you do this one, I'll do that one. I it gotta bring fun. this, then I'll pick up this, and I'll get yours after this. Like, yeah, that's it. We do have we yeah we have a good time. Actually, I, like all like we have a good time with it. Yeah, because I was, I was actually pricing some work today, for some commercial work, and uh, I can tell you this much: that hexagonal shaped paver from uh, Lock Uni, that stuff's expensive, fucking shit. Is it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I haven't looked buying at it. like I was pricing out like fifty five hundred square feet of it. Wow! I was like, just fifty five hundred square feet of it. I think fifty five hundred square feet of it was like sixty grand or something. Oh, that'll keep crazy. you busy for a minute, eh? 
uh yeah if we got the job but you know like pricing commercial stuff is like you got better odds of beating the casino at the uh, <laughs> like you just have to be willing to work for nothing <laughs> <laughs> you know what though like the commercial job we were just on was a contract for us and you know, we're doing like the final invoice for it and stuff. Kelly and I've been working on it, and you forget when you don't do contractual commercial. I haven't done a contractual commercial thing in a while. A lot of the commercial stuff we've done has been hourly stuff for bigger contractors. This was a contractual thing we were doing. You forget if you're really anal how many extras you can add to a job. Yeah, because if it's not in the contract, I don't do it unless I'm getting paid. I tell them to get someone else to do it. And then they say, go ahead and do it. So I think the extras on this job actually act, added up to more than the original contract. Well, that's all right. So yeah, I forgot that there's a whole theory that, and we used to talk about this when I used to bid a lot of commercial stuff, that you have to be there. If you're not there, you can't get the extras. True. So even if you bid the little the original contract a little light, you need to spend the rest of your time saying, that's not in my contract, but I'll do it if you pay me. Yeah. That's how we did it. That's how we did it anyways back in the day. We would just it'd be like, we need you to pick up all the garbage in the field or something. I'd be like, yeah, I can do that by the hour, but I'm. it's not really my job to pick up the garbage in the field. It can yeah. stay there for all I care. Or like this piece of sidewalk or, you know, this excavation or the grade, they fucked up the grading drawing or anyways, there's just so many opportunities, but you don't get those opportunities unless you exist on the job site and you can't exist on the job site unless you're the low price. Yeah. Being... Being the second price in commercial work gives you zero opportunities to get extras. <laughs> That's true. Like, like you have That's so sure. even if you're low, we used to just search for so op we, opportunity. We passed up a Hampton Inn job, so a, a hotel job in Kingston a couple of weeks ago because we just couldn't do it, had no time. They got someone else to do it. And half the trees are dead. Like there's 50 dead trees there. The sod's all fucked up. There's patches missing. There's the sod roll shrunk so that yeah, I mean, you got to go back and piece it in or whatever. Put and, soil in the joints yeah. and see so, it. Yeah, my partner goes, do you want to go in and do this hourly to fix it? Like, not really. Like, I didn't want to do it the first time. Yeah. We don't have any more time than we did originally. And now it's never going to look as good as if we did it from the start. So, like, and it's a lot harder to get paid when you're the guy yeah. doing the repair. Yeah, and I'm you're like, going to own everything on the job site, even shit you didn't repair. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, I don't think this is one for us. Say, so, say so we just decide not to help out because nothing good can come of this. Yeah, no. So. Why don't so they we, get? I guess the the original contractor probably wasn't from Kingston and was like doing it as a. Neither were we. <laughs> no, I know, but like I think it's easy to get. It's more easy to get offside if you're not in your hometown. Yeah, true. Like it's easier for the whole project to get super offside or whatever. Yeah, it's not. I mean, it's probably a hundred and fifty grand, two hundred grand job. Not overly like monstrous or anything, but a couple weeks of work. So yeah. I can see how that's, especially if you're not well-versed in softscape stuff, how that can go sideways on you. Obviously especially they didn't know July. how to water things. Yeah. 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 Really offside. Really fast. Yeah. If you're not good in May, you're definitely not going to be good in July. <laughs> yeah. If you don't have a water truck in May, you uh, yeah. really don't have a fucking water truck in July. <laughs> if you're running six hoses off the building to try and get to the far corner of the job site, you are. That, get, that gets away from you real quick, that job. And as soon as you got to hire a water truck, you are spent for your budget. And the other problem is, if you've gotten to the point where you're going to hire a water truck, you're probably two days behind when you should have actually. Oh, hired yeah. Them, right? oh yeah. 
because you've I've tried to before. yeah you've tried to piecemeal it yeah i've you've had a guy to... call me up he's like we really need your water truck and then i told him the price he goes oh we can't afford it and he goes but i only allotted for the guy to go with the tote one day and water the six pallets of sod <laughs> <laughs> I said that is nowhere near enough water. It was thirty degrees July, just like it is today. Yeah. Like it was. Just, I'm just like, what are you thinking? This is the same guy who bid fucking two fifty a square foot to lift and relay bricking down. Oh my god! But, yeah. So, but see, the problem with that is, no matter what you, no matter what it costs to water it, it's cheaper than you taking time out of your schedule to relay it because you're then if it dies you're gonna have to relay it then you're gonna have to fucking water that sod anyways have you ever oh. rolled up dead sod dead stinky oh, yeah. sod yes lots of times. yeah sodding in the summer when you're not prepared you could be fully prepared with 10 water trucks and still have massive die off midsummer if yeah if, it, if, if it, it's hot if the sod happened to sit too long or it's the stuff you rolled out at seven o'clock in the morning, but you didn't get the water going till noon. It could dry out that fast. Yeah. Like you, you could, you could have two water trucks sitting and still have a fucking shit pile of dead sod. Like if you miss one inch of it, the fucking roll dies. Like it's yeah. off. Like sod in yeah. July is like a. Our city doesn't require you to sod in July and August. That's smart. So like any any city jobs. Um. They're like, oh, are you going to come and sod this? I said, nope. In the contract, you said we don't have to saw it in July and August. They're like, oh, fuck, you're right. Okay, we'll wait. But yeah, just how it is. I guess the only downfall to that could be if weeds grow in the soil. No, because you don't topsoil either. Okay, right? then that's like, good. So you'll yeah. leave it undone until um, first, week, first week of September or end of August, whenever things start to cool down a bit. But you can't so, expect you... someone to... You still get to do the topsoil then, then you're not dealing with all the weeds afterwards. Yeah, yeah. And just leave the site bare without any topsoil I, until... I allowed for a guy with a tote. What are you, <laughs> what are you fucking talking about? And it takes two hours to fill the tote because he's using a garden hose to fill it and oh. then emptying it with a garden hose. So... I allowed one a day. guy with a tote. What the fuck are you talking about? I could hose the whole job in an hour, and it's going to take him 10 hours. So how much do... would you charge for your water truck to do that? Uh, at the time, it was a buck twenty-five an hour, I think. And is there a four-hour minimum? No, there's a two-hour minimum. So essentially, you probably could have watered it two hours at six pallets of sod. Absolutely, yeah. So for 250 bucks, yeah, this guy did not water the sod. Did not water the sod. So even if he was paying his guy with the tote 15 bucks an hour, plus all the, the guy's shit that you have to pay the government is 20 bucks an hour. That's like $200 to do a less effective job. Never mind the gas and the truck to drive. I'm assuming he wasn't pulling the tote around in a wagon. No. And he can't be somewhere else making money doing something else, right? Yes. Exactly. So you're losing even more that way. I don't That's think what it's I like good... to call someone else's problem. <laughs> because as soon as you don't hire me, it's someone else's problem. It's someone else's problem, motherfucker. Yeah. The sod game's a tough game, man. I, we're going tomorrow to prep some sod. Then we're going to lay gonna... it on Thursday in the rain. Yeah, it's supposed to piss on Thursday. Yeah. Yeah. It's to rain. Maybe that'll boost listenership. Ooh. I think we're going okay to... for listenership. I don't know. Pull up the stats, Mike. Live on the uh, podcast? Uh, maybe afterwards. Why? Are you scared to pull them up live? Yeah, very scared. Are you? We have 49 five-star reviews on Spotify. Nice. That's a lot of reviews. That seems like a lot. Is it a lot? It's more I mean, than it's the How to Hard podcast says. Basically the same amount as Joe Rogan. <laughs> I would feel like we're, you know, obviously in the same stratosphere. Minus, we don't do as much UFC shit. Although Chad goes to the gym, maybe he could be our UFC rep. Yeah. 
Chad, do you I watch the UFC? Never watched a fight in my life. I started I... doing light swimming in our pool. Light oh, you're swimming. using the pool. Uh, well, my hip is really fucked up. It has Oof. been for like five years. And I've never done any kind of rehab for it. But I, I'm turning 50. And I really, really, really want to play hockey for one more year, at least. And I don't think I can do it unless I fix my hip. So I'm doing light hip exercises in the pool because I can barely walk. So skating and getting up and down with goalie pads on sucks big time. So anyways, that's what I'm doing. So I don't think I could UFC represent us in the UFC fight right now, but Chad could. And he's got his buddy from the cat dealership. Him and that guy are tight, so they could go tag team. He's strong, man. Is he? Well, he's he represents cat. Man. Yeah. He's a cat guy. That doesn't make you strong. I think that cat guys are stronger than Kubota guys. Uh, is that a racist thing? No. I just feel like... <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> cat makes bigger equipment. <laughs> cat makes killer cup holders. <laughs> Kubota does not make big cup holders. No. Is it You're a right. racist thing? I don't know. I don't think so. Maybe it's no. like, what do they call just, it? Of course, like, it's not a racist thing. You're talking about machines. I just picture when you walk into a cat dealership, the guy is like, oh, I work at the cat dealership. Oh. Yeah, exhausting. You can't even fucking listen to him. You're sick of him before you heard the yeah. first sentence well, leave his I, mouth. Maybe, and then I feel like when you go to the Kubota dealership, the guy's like, yo, man, the biggest machine we make is an eight ton. Let's go to the skate park. Like, <laughs> I no, I, I, the biggest machine is an eight ten. Watch it run circles around everything else with reliability. You think that an eight ton Kubota is more reliable than an eight ton cat? Kubotas are just fucking reliable. Like, yeah, well, I'm not saying it isn't. I'm just asking your opinion. Uh for the record, I do own an eight ton Kubota. <laughs> <laughs> Not. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I have nothing to base it off of, right? But I'm happy with our machine. Like, I've never run I, an 810 cat or. So, our 810 excavator is uh, older, obviously. And I think it's a great machine. I think it's well built. I think it's, yeah. Resale it's is good on them. Yeah. Like, a, yes. You know, I, I think, feel like uh, resale on Kubota equipment is amazing. Yeah. That's my opinion. It really is. Um, we have a D3 dozer right now. It's fucking awesome. I have a little... Well, my partner has a little D3. Open cab. Oh, this one's like... This one is a D3, but it's when the, when they downrated the D5s to D3s. So it's really actually a D5. Hmm. Like t- two years ago, Cat took all, all the dozers and lowered them one. So this is a D3, but it's actually D5. It's fucking brand new. It's sick. Super cool. And it's a low, it's an LGP machine. So it has like ultra wide pads on it. So it's a low ground pressure machine. Hmm. Things fucking awesome. Super cool. It, you don't yeah. realize, like, I'm not running it, but like, even just the effectiveness and the amount of vast material that's been moved at our dump by this machine, you don't realize how much more effective a dozer is. And a skid steer until you fucking watch it happen. It's so much more effective. It's ridiculously yeah. more effective. Yeah. Now it makes me want to buy a dozer. What about one of those little case dozer uh, skid steers? The Minotaur? Minotaur. That's what it's called, the Minotaur. Yeah. Do you want one of those? They I have wonder. steel tracks. Yeah? You get it with yeah. steel or rubber? Okay. With the Minotaurs, I think they're all steel. No, you can get them with the rubber tracks. Oh, they might be bolt-on, but yeah, you definitely can. The thing about rubber tracks is I don't think that without the pads, like when you look at a metal pad, it it cuts into the yeah. dirt, and the, I don't think rubber yeah. tracks would ever... I'm not put... saying it's a good option, okay. but I think you can, because I don't see how I, that would work. I look at the Minotaur, and I say to myself, how much is the Minotaur? I think it's a lot. I think it's a lot too. <laughs> I Just looking at it, I feel like yeah. it's a lot. <laughs> I feel like it's 180 grand. That's my guess on the thing. How much is a Minotaur, Mike? Can you Google it? Because I, I'm trying I'm, here. 
I'm uh, going to. I think Chad's right, so I can't take the same number as him because I actually <laughs> totally agree with you that a minotaur. I think the fact that it says, I think the thing is really worth one sixty-five, but the fact that it says minotaur on the side, they can get one eighty for it. It's, I, I think that that name Minotaur raised the. So I'm going to go 165 with no Minotaur on the side. <laughs> but I, I, Is I, that with Frost Ripper on the back or without? Oh, I don't know. Because <laughs> you have to have it on from the start. You can't add it after the fact. Have, how much have you looked into the Minotaur? Oh, I spent a quick minute with these things. Apparently, the a lot more but, than me. But we didn't own a, a float big enough to float a Minotaur at the time. I think they weighed like 16,000 pounds or something. Holy like, shit. It's like an eight-ton machine, I think. The world's biggest skid steer. Yeah. yeah. I love the name of it. Yeah, it is. It's a pretty cool name. The name is awesome. I I think you're right. I think they're probably like 180 grand. How much damage could you do with a Minotaur, though? Uh, probably like, as much as a D3. Yeah, I think so. Maybe. Maybe. Well, th what's the weight of a D3? Probably 16,000 pounds? Uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. We need a machine guy. We've never had a machine guy on the show. You should ask your friend from the gym. I should. See. He's I a machine even, guy. I don't even know his name. Hey, well, maybe you could, <laughs> you could say, yo, machine guy, you want to come on my podcast? He's a guy from the, yeah, I'm sure I could find his name somewhere. He found me somehow. Obviously. He, well, you know who we should have on the podcast is our machine guy? Who? The Egyptian dude. Oh, yeah. He knows Egypt how to get a deal on tobacco. Or well, maybe not. He bought it sight unseen. How much did you want for the backhoe? Uh, I was told to take anything north of thirty grand. So, and you said you sold it for twenty six American. Twenty six American taxes in though, so just about thirty grand. About thirty. I think yeah. you did pretty. What year is that backhoe? Two thousand four. And you bought the new backhoe for fifty nine grand. Sixty three. Sixty three, and it's a yeah. two thousand twelve. I think you did pretty good on that backhoe. Yeah, I did all right. How much did you pay for it? 25 <laughs> you made five grand on the backhoe yeah because it was pre-covid everything pre -COVID. that you bought before covid is more expensive now doesn't matter if it's five years older it's that's inflation a, man yeah i don't know for this is the first time i think in history that old shit is worth more than it was five years ago uh i agree with you so I saw an ad for a 2020 uh, HX620, which is uh, the same. It's our international dump truck that we're giving away when we hit a million followers. <laughs> if you say it often <laughs> enough, it becomes <laughs> true. It becomes true. Imagine if a million people <laughs> follow me and I'd be like, yo, Kel, we need to give away the dump truck. There's still 24 payments of 3500 bucks <laughs> on it. But we got to give it away. <laughs> Sorry, Dan, you're out of a job. We gave your truck away. We had a million followers. For a stupid contest. For a stupid contest. Uh, so I'm looking up Cat 2021 Cat D3 because that's what this dozer is. I can't find the cost of the. Uh, the yeah, case. they don't like to tell you that stuff. Yeah. Is there no used Minotaurs for sale? I was trying to pull up that and they're it was barely slowing down my year old. Ugh, the cat website uses cookies. So hard to find the weight of something. Like it's. They give you. Oh, here. Uh, operating weight. The operating weight of a D3 is 18,240 pounds to 18,390 pounds. Oh, that's a D1. Okay, so a D3 operating weight, 21,150 pounds. The Minotaur is 18,000 something. So the Minotaur is weight-wise is equivalent to a D2. One of what's interesting here is a D1, a D2, and a D3 all use the same cat c3 
Cat C 3.6 motor. So a D1 has the same motor as a D3. That's interesting. Yeah, but your one-ton truck has your same motor as a five-ton truck. So is it how much interest? Is it that interesting? Uh, no. Now that you point that out. <laughs> seemed more interesting. But, I'm going to be honest before you pointed that out. <laughs> now it's not that interesting at yeah, all. It's but, uh, Okay, so would you rather have an 18,000-pound Minotaur because it lifts and stuff, or would you rather have a dozer that just pushes? Because I understand the advantage of being, like, the Minotaur will push the soil, but it will also lift and scoop and turn and take the soil places in a bucket, which yeah. has some advantages. Definitely. Absolutely. For landscaping, I think absolutely you, you're going to choose the Minotaur, right? Over the... Um, over the dozer. But yeah. if you're an Earthworks guy, or... If you're an Earthworks guy and you show up with a Minotaur, that's like you showing up with a Fiat. Yeah. Or maybe, maybe it's joking. great. Like, like, maybe maybe, maybe, it's, is, maybe I, it's phenomenal, but the jury's still out. Just like anybody else who, you know how, uh, what's that company there? Uh, the British stuff, JCB. JCB. How they have the, the telehandler or teleloader yeah, or yeah, teleskid. Tele yeah. They're the only one that makes it. If it's such a great idea, why is only one person making all this shit? Uh, so I posted a video of our truck getting loaded by a telehandler, JCB skid steer, and it got some negative reactions. Really? People were like, because it was a JCB. Or? They're like, that thing's <laughs> way too fucking slow. Because you know, like normally you'd pull up and just dump it in, and then take off and dump it yeah. in, and then push it across the truck yeah. and dump it in and push yeah. that thing. Like we'll dump it on the far side of the truck, which is super fucking cool. But it goes, yeah. dump, yeah retract uh like whereas gotcha. you would have probably put two fucking buckets in by now yeah with a normal skid so, we had to go buy four tons of clear gravel from a landscape depot around our job today and gord came back and said how much was it he goes 224 dollars <laughs> and i said it was four tons he's like yeah it was 50 dollars a ton i said i'm gonna go to that jcb and take a shit right on the fucking seat for $50 a fucking ton. Are you kidding me? Like, that's fucking ignorant. Like, I understand prices for Landscape Depot, but for fucking $50 for a ton of clear gravel, fuck right off. That seems, what's, norm that's what's it normally for you? $13? $13. Yeah. $26 retail? Yeah, 13 from the quarry, yeah. Okay. yeah. I can see that from the quarry for sure. Yeah, so double retail, not four times the amount retail. Yeah, so, four times. Yeah. Like that, there's I one, that there's was one landscape, there's a couple landscape suppliers that we go to that are like 50 bucks a ton, but they're like in the heart of Toronto and they have very little storage room. And I feel like it's justified because they're probably paying way more land tax, way more rent. There's yeah. way, like way more this headaches. This guy's in a fucking field. Yeah, that's fucked up, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, fuck like, that guy. Yeah, we're never going back What's there. What's this people talk. called? I don't know. Gordon, uh, one of my guys went. I was going to just, you know, we could batch the fuck out of it on here. Try yeah. and get sued. Motherfucker. Selling his shit for $50. Well, they got tons of money for lawyers at $50 a ton of clear. I think we've run our course for the night. I think we've run our course for the night. <laughs> this is the end of the episode. Bye. <laughs>